0: Lugobanda, the ostensible father of Gilgamesh, whose statue stood in his bedroom, which he reverentially anointed with butter, and to which he addressed his private thoughts, appeared in important Sumerian legends that told how he had become king of Uruk, and other exploits. These are tales in one sense historical, as he is named in the ancient Sumerian list of kings. On the other hand, magical portions of narrative and the setting of them should make him a figure of myth of primordial time of time even at the creation of the world lugubanda is said to have lived and reigned for 1200 years and so defies mere mortal aspect two sumerian epic texts feature lugubanda called by scholars lugubanda one or lugubanda in the mountain cave and Lugobanda too, or Lugobanda and the Anzud Bird. In Lugobanda and the Mountain Cave, and Merkar, who was his predecessor as king of Uruk, has mobilized an army for war against Arata. The cause of war is obscured by the mysteries of the text. On the one hand, Arata is a mythic place, wherein Inanna, the goddess, dwells. On the other hand, Arata is a rival city, which perhaps had been patron of Inanna, and whose patronage had been usurped by Enmerkar previously, and taken to the city of Uruk. On the one hand, the current war is between this city of Urata and Uruk. On the other hand, Urata as a place had been overrun, perhaps, by foreign adversaries, the Martu. At the outset of these texts, which may be taken in series, Lugobanda is apparently a captain in this army. Passing through steep mountains halfway to Irata, Lugabanda suddenly faints. Unable to revive him, his fellow troops leave him in a cave with provisions and aromatic incense resin, and proceed on their way. When Lugobanda comes to, he has dreams and prays for help, but the last part of that text is fragmentary and uncertain. In the tale that follows Lugubanda and the Anzud bird, Lugubanda has recovered and found himself in the mountains alone and lost. In desperation to escape, he discovers the Anzud bird on a peak where he had previously taken refuge, having flown to it after the sacred Halub tree had been disturbed and his frightened fledglings had fled. You can see for details the Story of Gilgamesh, of Enkidu, and the Netherworld. Lugabanda cleverly schemes how he should seek its holy favor in order to receive from him such blessings as he may bestow. The blessings of the Anzud bird should provide his gifted destiny. Gobanda lies idle in the mountains, in the faraway places. He has ventured into the Zabu Mountains. No mother is with him to offer advice. No father is with him to talk to him. No one is with him whom he knows, whom he values. No confidant is there to talk to him. In his heart he speaks to himself. I shall treat the bird as befits him. I shall treat Anzud as befits him. I shall greet his wife affectionately. I shall seat Anzud's wife and Anzud's child at a banquet. An will fetch Ningunaka for me from her mountain home, the expert woman who redounds to her mother's credit. Ninkasi, the expert, who redound to her mother's credit. Her fermenting vat is of green lapis luzeli. Her beer cask is of refined silver and of gold. If she stands by the beer, there is joy. If she sits by the beer, there is gladness. As cupbearer, she mixes the beer, never wearying as she walks back and forth. Nin the keg at her side, on her hips. May she make my beer serving perfect. When the bird has drunk the beer and is happy, when Anzud has drunk the beer and is happy, he can help me find the place to which the troops of Anug are going. Anzug can place me on the track of my brothers. Now the splendid eagle tree of Anki, on the summit of Inanna's mountain, of multicolored cornelian. Stood fast on the earth like a tower, All shaggy like an aru. With its shade it covered the highest eminences Of the mountain like a cloak, Was spread out over them like a tunic. Its roots rested like the Sajkulk snakes In Utu's river of the seven mouths. Nearby in the mountains where no cypresses grow, Where no snake slithers, where no scorpion scurries in the midst of the mountains the barazu bird had put its nest and laid therein its eggs nearby the bird anzud had set its nest and settled therein its young it was made with wood from the juniper and the box trees the bird had made the bright twigs into a bower when at daybreak the bird stretches itself when at sunrise Anzud cries out at his cry, The ground quakes in the Lulubi Mountains. He has a shark's teeth and an eagle's claws. In terror of him, wild bulls run away into the foothills. Stags run away into their mountains. Lugabanda is wise, and he achieves mighty exploits. In preparation of the sweet celestial cakes, he adds carefulness to carefulness. He kneads the dough with honey. He adds more honey to it. He sets them before the young nestlings, before the Anzu chick. Gives the baby salt meat to eat. He feeds it sheep's fat. He popped the cakes into its beak. He settled the Anzud chick in its nest, painted its eyes with coal, dabbed white cedar scent onto its head, put up a twisted roll of salt meat. He withdrew from the Anzud nest, awaited him in the mountains where no cypresses grow. At that time the bird was herding together white bulls of the mountains. Azud was herding together white bulls of the mountains. He held a live bull in his talons, he carried a dead bull across his shoulders. He poured forth his bile like tin gour of water. The bird flew around once, Anzud flew around once. When the bird called back to his nest, when Anzud called back to his nest, his fledglings did not answer him from his nest. When the bird called a second time to his nest, his fledglings did not answer from his nest. Before, if the bird called back to his nest, his fledglings would answer from his nest. But now, when the bird called back to his nest, his fledgling did not answer from the nest. The bird uttered a cry of grief that reached up to heaven. His wife cried out, Woe! Her cry reached the Abzu, the bird with this cry of woe, and his wife with his cry of grief, made Anuna, the gods of the mountains, actually crawl into the crevices like ants. The bird says to his wife, Anzud says to his wife, foreboding weighs upon my nest, as over the great cattle pen of Nana, terror lies upon it. "'as when wild bulls start butting each other. "'Who has taken my child from the nest? "'Who has taken the Anzud from the nest?' it seemed to the bird when he approached its nest it seemed to Anzud when it approached its nest that it had been made a god's dwelling place it was brilliantly festooned his chick was settled in its nest its eyes were painted with coal sprigs of white cedar were fixed on its head a twisted piece of salt meat was hung up high the bird was exultant Anzud is exultant I AM THE PRINCE WHO DECIDES THE DESTINY OF ROLLING RIVERS. I KEEP ON THE STRAIGHT AND NARROW PATH THE RIGHTEOUS WHO FOLLOW ENLIL'S COUNSEL. MY FATHER UNLIL BROUGHT ME HERE. HE LET ME BAR THE ENTRANCE TO THE MOUNTAINS AS IF WITH A GREAT DOOR. IF I FIX A FATE, WHO SHALL ALTER IT? IF I SAY BUT THE WORD, WHO SHALL CHANGE IT? WHOEVER HAS DONE THIS TO MY NEST, IF YOU ARE A GOD, I will speak with you. Indeed, I will befriend you. If you are a man, I will fix your fate. I shall not let you have any opponents in the mountains. You shall be hero fortified by Anzud.' partly from fright, partly from delight, partly from fright, partly from deep delight, flatters the bird, flatters Anzud, bird with sparkling eyes born in this district, Anzud with sparkling eyes born in this district. You frolic as you bathe in a pool, your grandfather, the prince of all patrimonies, Placed heaven in your hand, set earth at your feet. Your wingspan, extended, is like the bird net stretched out across the sky. On the ground, your talons are like a trap laid for the wild bulls and the wild cows of the mountains. Your spine is as straight as a scribe's. Your breast, as you fly, is like Nera parting the waters. As for your back, you are verdant palm garden, breathtaking to look upon. Yesterday... I escaped safely to you, since then I have entrusted myself to your protection. Your wife shall be my mother. You shall be my father. I shall treat your little ones as my brothers. Since yesterday I have been waiting for you in the mountains where no cypresses grow. Let your wife stand beside you to greet me. I offer my greeting and leave you to decide my destiny." So now we have a strange interlude. Well, Anso shall bless Luganda. But like Christ or the Buddha, Luganda shall dismiss the illusions that are offered to him. Luganda will have none of what is offered to him. First he will turn down great wealth, symbolically offered. Then he will turn down the prowess of an invincible warrior. Then he will turn down the conquest of cities. He will even turn down the delightful food of the gods, which we may suppose contains supernatural nourishment. In the end, Anzud will ask Lugabanda what he wants for himself. And Lugabanda will answer, as Gilgamesh would also answer, that he wants everlasting youth. This is something other than and better than immortality. For what good is immortality if one ages and becomes sick and feeble? Better than this would be perpetual health and vigor. And perhaps then, we might believe, that Lugobanda did live 1,200 years. The bird presents himself before him, rejoices over him. Anzud presents himself before him, rejoices over him. Anzud says to Lugobanda the pure, Come now, my Lugobanda, Go like a boat full of precious metals, like a grain barge, like a boat going to deliver apples, like a boat piled up high with a cargo of cucumbers, casting a shade, like a boat loaded lavishly at the palace of harvest. Go back to the brick-billed kulaba with head held high. Lugobanda, who loves the seed, will not accept this. Like Kara... Inanna's beloved son, shoot forth with your barbed arrows like a sunbeam. Shoot forth with the reed arrows like moonlight. May the barbed arrows be a horned viper to those they hit. Like a fish killed with a cleaver, may they be magic cut. May you bundle them like logs hewn with the axe. Lugabanda, who loves the seed, will not accept this. May Ninurta, Anlil's son, set the helmet lion of battle on your head. May the breastplate, that in the great mountains does not permit retreat, be laid on your breast. May you, the battle-net, be against the enemy. When you go to the city, may you not be defeated. Lugobanda, who loves the seed, will not accept this. The plenty of Dumazi's holy butter churn whose fat is the fat of all the world, shall be granted to you. Its milk is the milk of all the world. It shall be granted to you. Lugobanda, who loves the seed, will not accept this. As a kib bird, a freshwater kib, as it flies along the lagoon, he answered him now. in The bird listened to him. Anzu said to Lugubanda the pure, Now look, my Lugubanda. just think again. It's like this. A willful plow axe should be put back on the track. A balking ass should be made to take the straight path. Still, I shall grant you what you put to me. I shall assign you a destiny according to your wishes. Lugobanda the pure answers him, let the power of my running be in my thighs. Let me never grow tired. Let there be strength in my arms. Let me stretch my arms wide. Let my arms never become weak. Moving like the sunlight, like Inanna, like the seven storms, those of Ikkur. Let me leap like a flame, blaze like lightning. Let me go wherever I look to, set foot wherever I cast my glance. Reach wherever my heart desires and let me loosen my shoes in whatever place my heart has named to me. Then, when Utu lets me reach Kulaba, my city, let him who curses me have no joy thereof. Let him who wishes to strive with me never say, just let him come. I shall have the woodcarver's fashion, statues of you, and you will be breathtaking to look upon. Your name will be made famous thereby in Sumer and will redound to the credit of the temples of the great gods. So Anzud says to Lugobanda the pure, the power of running be in your thighs. Never grow tired. Strength be in your arms. Stretch your arms wide. May your arms never become weak. Moving like the sun, like Inanna, like the seven storms of Ikur, Leap like a flame, blaze like lightning. Go wherever you look to. Set foot wherever you cast your glance. Reach wherever your heart desires. Loosen your shoes and whatever place your heart has named to you. When Utu lets you reach Kulaba, your city, he who curses you shall have no joy thereof. He who wishes to strive with you shall never say just let him come. When you have had the woodcarver's fashion statues of me, I shall be breathtaking to look upon. My name will be made famous thereby in Sumer and will redound to the credit of the temples of the god so now after granting this blessing the anzud bird accompanies Luganda back to his troops who gather around him and pester him with questions the story continues he took by his hand such of his provisions as he had not eaten and his weapons one by one Anzud flew on high Lugobanda walked on the ground the bird Looking from above, spies the troops. Lugabanda, looking from below, spies the dust that the troops have stirred up. The bird says to Lugabanda, Come now, my Lugabanda, I shall give you some advice. May advice be heated. I shall say words to you, bear them in mind. What I have told you, the fate I have fixed for you, do not tell to your comrades, do not explain it to your brothers. Fair fortune may conceal foul, it is indeed so. Leave me to my nest, you keep to your troops. The bird hurried to its nest. Lugubanda set out for the place where his brothers were. Like a pelican emerging from the sacred reedbed, like the Lahama deities going up from the Abzu, like one who is stepping from heaven to earth, Lugobanda stepped into the midst of his brother's picked troops. His brothers chattered away, the troops chattered away, his brothers, his friends weary him with questions. Come now, my Lugobanda, here you are again. THE TROOPS HAD ABANDONED YOU AS ONE KILLED IN BATTLE. CERTAINLY YOU WERE NOT EATING THE GOOD FAT OF THE HERD. CERTAINLY YOU WERE NOT EATING THE sheepfold's FRESH CHEESE. HOW IS IT THAT YOU HAVE COME BACK FROM THE GREAT MOUNTAINS, WHERE NO ONE GOES ALONE, WHENCE NO ONE RETURNS TO MANKIND? AGAIN HIS BROTHERS, HIS FRIENDS WEARY HIM WITH QUESTIONS. THE BANKS OF THE MOUNTAIN RIVERS, MOTHERS OF PLENTY, ARE WIDELY SEPARATED. How did you cross their waters, as if you were drinking them? Lugamanda the Pure replies to them, The banks of the mountain rivers, mothers of plenty, are widely separated. With my legs I stepped over them. I drank them like water from a water skin. And then I snarled like a wolf. I grazed the water meadows. I pecked at the ground like a wild pigeon. I ate the mountain acorns. Lugobanda's brothers and friends, consider the words that he has said to them. Exactly as if they were small birds flocking together all day long, they embrace him and kiss him, as if he were a gom chick sitting in its nest. They fed him and gave him drink. They drive away sickness from Lugobanda the pure. Now it happens that Lugobanda was merely a captain among men, he was not yet king. The king of Uruk was Enmerkar, and it was he who was leading the campaign. Nevertheless, it would be Lugubanda who would be the hero in the end. From the text that follows, it can be understood that Enmerkar had led his soldiers and others in an alliance from other nearby cities of Sumer to combat a foreign invader called the Martu, a warlike people who knew no agriculture and who had overrun the city of Arata. And Merkar and the Sumerians had been failing in their siege for a long time, even before Lugobanda went to the Anzud bird to win some special powers. But even now, they were still frustrated for another entire year. Evidently, Lugobanda's special powers were not meant for the siege itself and mekar began to worry over his own city of uruk perhaps fearing that he might lose the favor of his people he needs someone to return to uruk on his behalf and seeks out a volunteer among his assembled armies in the text he calls for someone to go to kulaba kulaba is a district inside of uruk it is the oldest district in uruk dating to more than 3000 years before the arrival of the sumerians themselves one of the oldest settlements in human history it is still the heart of power and prestige in the city of uruk and markar wants someone to go there and assure them that he will win this war in markar also wants this envoy to supplicate to Inanna, the goddess of the city on his own behalf for he fears that he has lost her favor. He complains at length about how much he has done for the city, how much he has done in her honor, and yet she seems to have abandoned him in his moment of trial and need. The story proceeds. Then the men of Unig followed him as one man. They wound their way through the hills like a snake over a grain pile. When the city was only a double hour distant, the armies of Unug and Kulaba, encamped by the posts and ditches that surrounded Errata, from the city it rained down javelins as if from the clouds, slingstones, numerous as the raindrops, falling in a whole year, whizzed down loudly from Errata's walls. The days passed, the months became long, the year turned full circle, a yellow harvest grew beneath the sky. They looked askance at the field. Unease came over them. Slingstones numerous as the raindrops falling in a whole year landed on the road. They were hemmed in by the barrier of mountain thorn bushes, thronged with dragons. No one knew how to go back to the city. No one was rushing to go back to Kulaba. In their midst, and Merkar son of Utu, was afraid was troubled. Was disturbed by this upset. He sought someone whom he could send back to the city. He sought someone whom he could send back to Kulaba. No one said to him, I will go to the city. No one said to him, I will go to Kulaba. So he went out to the foreign host. No one said to him, I will go back to the city. No one said to him, I will go to Kulaba. He stood before the elite troops. No one said to him, I will go to the city. No one said to him, I will go to Kalaba. A second time he went out to the foreign host. No one said to him, I will go to the city. No one said to him, I will go to Kalaba. He stepped out before the elite troops. Lugobanda alone arose from the people and said to him, My king, I will go to the city, but no one shall go with me. I shall go alone to Kalaba. No one shall go with me. If you go to the city No one shall go with you. You shall go alone to Kulaba. No one shall go with you. He and Merkar spoke by heaven and by earth. Swear that you will not let go from your hands the great emblems of Kulaba. After he had stood before the summoned assembly within the palace that rests on earth like a great mountain, and Merkar, the son of Uto, berated Inanna. Once upon a time my princely sister Inanna THE PURE SUMMONED ME IN HER HOLY HEART FROM THE BRIGHT MOUNTAINS, HAD ME ENTER BRICK-BUILT Kulaba, WHERE THERE WAS A MARSH THEN IN UNIG WAS A FULL WATER. WHERE THERE WAS A DRY LAND, EUPHRATES' POPLARS GREW THERE. WHERE THERE WERE REED THICKETS, OLD REEDS AND YOUNG REEDS GREW THERE. Divine ANKI, WHO IS KING IN ERUDU, TORE UP FROM ME THE OLD REEDS, DRAINED OFF THE WATER COMPLETELY. FOR FIFTY YEARS I BUILT. For fifty years I gave judgments. Then the Martu people who know no agriculture arose in all Sumer and Akkad, but the wall of Unig extended out across the desert like my bird net. Yet now, here in this place, my attractiveness to her has dwindled. My troops are bound to me as a cow is bound to its calf, but like a son who, hating his mother, leaves his city, my princely sister Inanna the pure has run away from me back to my brick-built Kulaba. If she loves her city and hates me, why does she bind the city to me? If she hates the city and yet loves me, why does she bind me to the city? If the mistress removes herself from me to her holy chamber and abandons me like an Anzud chick, then may she at least bring me home to brick-built Kulaba. On that day my spear shall be laid aside, on that day she may shatter my shield. Speak thus to my princely sister, Inanna the Pure. Lugobanda the Pure came forth from the palace. Although his brothers and his comrades barked at him as at a foreign dog trying to join a pack of dogs, he stepped proudly forward like a foreign wild ass trying to join a herd of wild asses. Send someone else to Unig for the Lord, they shouted. For Enmarkar, our son of Utu, I shall go to Kulaba. No one shall go with me. How he spoke to them. THEY REPLIED, WHY WILL YOU GO ALONE AND KEEP COMPANY WITH NO ONE ON THE JOURNEY? IF OUR BENEFICENT SPIRIT DOES NOT STAND BY YOU THERE, IF OUR GOOD PROTECTIVE DEITY DOES NOT GO WITH YOU THERE, YOU WILL NEVER AGAIN STAND WITH US WHERE WE STAND. YOU WILL NEVER AGAIN DWELL WITH US WHERE WE DWELL. YOU WILL NEVER AGAIN SET YOUR FEET ON THE GROUND WHERE OUR FEET ARE SET. YOU WILL NOT COME BACK FROM THE GREAT MOUNTAINS WHERE NO ONE GOES ALONE whence no one returns to mankind? Time is passing, I know. None of you is going with me over the great earth, Lugobanda replied. While the hearts of his brothers beat loudly, while the hearts of his comrades sank, Lugobanda took in his hand such of his provisions as he had not eaten in each of his weapons one by one. From the foot of the mountains... Through the high mountains into the flatland, from the edge of Ankan to the top of Ankan, he crossed five, six, seven mountains. Thus Lugobanda goes alone to Uruk and Kulaba to confront Inanna. By midnight, but before they had brought the offering table to Inanna the Pure, he set foot joyfully in brick built Kulaba. His lady, Inanna the Pure, sat there on her cushion. He bowed and prostrated himself on the ground. With joyful eyes, Inanna looked at Lugobanda, the pure, as she would look at the shepherd, Amakalunga. In a joyful voice, Inanna spoke to Lugobanda, the pure, as she would speak to her son, Lord Kara. Come now, my Lugobanda, why do you bring news from the city? How have you come here alone from Arata? Lugubanda the pure answered her, What Anmark our son of Uto quoth, And what he says, what your brother quoth, And what he says is, Once upon a time my princely sister Inanna the pure Summoned me in her holy heart from the mountains, Had me enter brick-built Kulaba. Where there was a marsh, then in Unig it was full of water. Where there was any dry land, Euphrates' poplars grew there. Where there were reed thickets, old reeds, and young reeds, grew there. Divine Enki, who is king in Erudu, tore up from me the old reeds, drained off the water completely. For fifty years I built, for fifty years I gave judgments. Then the Martu peoples, who know no agriculture, arose in all Sumer and Akkad. But the wall of Unig extended out across the desert, like a bird-nest, yet now, here in this place my attractiveness to her has dwindled. My troops are bound to me as a cow is bound to its calf, but like a son who, hating his mother, leaves his city, my princely sister Inanna the Pure has run away from me, back to brick-built Kulaba. If she loves her city and hates me, why does she bind the city to me? If she hates the city and yet loves me, why does she bind me to the city? If the mistress removes herself from me to her holy chamber and abandons me like an anzud chick, then may she at least bring me home to brick-built Kulaba. On that day my spear shall be laid aside. On that day she may shatter my shield. Speak thus to my princely sister, Inanna the Pure." And so, as she may typically do, Inanna answers indirectly, putting a puzzle before Lugabanda. A certain heroic task, she suggests, once it is successfully performed, will assure them of victory. The tale goes on. Inanna the Pure uttered this response. Now at the end, on the banks, in the water meadows, of a clear river of a river of clear water of the river which is inanna's gleaming waterskin the Suhurmak fish eats the honey herb the kitchur fish eats the mountain acres and the fish which is the god of the Surhamak fish plays happily there and darts about with his scaly tail he touches the old reeds in that holy place THE TAMARASKS OF THE PLACE, AS MANY AS THERE ARE, DRINK WATER FROM THAT POOL. IT STANDS ALONE, IT STANDS ALONE. ONE TAMARASK STANDS ALONE AT THE SIDE. WHEN ENMARKAR, SON OF UTU, HAS CUT THAT TAMARASK AND HAS FASHIONED IT INTO A BUCKET, HE MUST TEAR UP THE OLD REEDS IN THAT HOLY PLACE, ROOTS AND ALL, AND COLLECT THEM IN HIS HANDS when he has chased out from it the fish which is the god of the suharmak fish, caught that fish, cooked it, garnished it, and brought it as a sacrifice to the Aankara weapon, Inanna's battle strength, then his troops will have success for him. Then he will have brought to an end that which in the subterranean waters provides the life strength of Rata. Unfortunately, the manuscript suddenly ends, and we do not know exactly how the heroic tasks are carried out. We can assume that it was Lugobanda the Pure that carried them out, because the last line in the manuscript that we do have reads, Praise be to Lugobanda the Pure.